Welcome back to OTN. I'm your host, BJ Picard. Thanks for hitting the download button. We've got a great show in store for you today here on episode 8 of Off the Net. I'm going to be joined momentarily by somebody who I think you're really going to enjoy getting to know. You've been exposed to the character that he's created for himself on the field, but the man behind the mask is every bit as fascinating. He's got a great story, and to be perfectly honest, he's one of the guys who really helped bring this idea of Off the Net to life. He's got a lot of personality, a lot of passion, and I think this is going to be one of our best shows yet because of it. Without further ado, what do you say we introduce Hannibal? So in a league full of characters, this guy might just take the cake. He's as entertaining and as intimidating as they come. If you're trying to spot him pregame, just look for the guy in the Hannibal Lecter mask. Played the Mac linebacker last season for the Pittsburgh Power, collecting a career-high five and a half sacks on the year. He's one of the most interesting and exciting players in the AFL today. It's a pleasure to have him on the program, James Big Hit Bryant. James, how you doing today? I'm doing great today. How are you doing, sir? Not too bad, not too bad. It's good to finally get you on the program. Absolutely, absolutely. First things first, we got to talk about the mask. What made you decide to start wearing a Hannibal Lecter mask out onto the field before games? Well, it all started back in, uh, in another sport that I put up in boxing. Uh, I had an opportunity to shake up uh, the weigh-ins that were kind of dull, dry, and boring when you just step on a scale and you pull it in front of your, your opponent and, and move forward from there. And I thought that to myself, uh, why not bring a little life and a little excitement to, uh, to that world of boxing and, uh, and start calling myself a killer? So I started to wear the Hannibal Lecter mask. Uh, to basically put fear in my opponents because after the weigh-in, the last thing you see is me, and you go back to your hotel room, and you're going to fight me 24 hours later. So it was definitely a scare tactic that I used uh, in boxing, first and foremost, and then uh, I, I, I took an opportunity to take it to arena football because we're, we're in such a small environment. Uh, the fans are excited about, you know, different different characters, different players, different personalities are on the field, and I just wanted to bring that kind of energy to, uh, to arena football, and, you know, the fans are really receptive to it, and, and they call it on quickly throughout the league, uh, followed by my play, my killeristic play, and uh, it allowed me to, to become who, who you know and what the fans know as uh, Hannibal Lightman. I think fans really enjoy it, but what's been the reaction to the mask from other players? Um, you know, it's a respect thing for me. It's a respect thing for them. Uh, I remember uh, I missed a game against Philly, and, uh, and the quarterback for Philly came walk across and he said to me, so we're not going to see Hannibal tonight? I said, no, uh, you're pretty sure we'll see him the next time around, so don't you worry, we're going to take care of business without him tonight. So, um, some reactions are, are positive, some are negative, but I think it's all an expectation of respect and goodwill towards, towards the, the mansion and bringing it to uh, the arena football. Well, you've certainly earned quite a bit of respect over the last few years in the AFL, but part of that's also because you're kind of a throwback. You've played both offense and defense. I mean, you started out your college career at Miami as a fullback before transitioning over to linebacker. Uh, you spent some time in the NFL as a fullback, but you've been playing linebacker fairly exclusively since you returned to the AFL. What position do you feel like you're best suited for? I think I was born a linebacker. Uh, there's definitely no way around it. Uh, even going to the University of Miami, I was one of the, one of the highly recruited linebackers in the country. Uh, got to Miami, played a little bit of linebacker, asked to be moved over to fullback to help my team because you know me, I'm a big team player. Uh, I got an opportunity to play on the offensive side of the ball, went back to defense and then back to offense. Uh, I feel like 
playing both sides of the ball gives me an advantage on the defense side of the ball because I know what to expect from the fullback in a tight end position, whether it's uh, running routes, taking steps, or taking on blockers, or taking on uh, offensive blockers in order for me to get to the ball carrier. So it's definitely been a roller coaster ride for me playing on both sides of the ball, but finding my way back to the defensive side of the ball where my heart uh, definitely rises. Let's go back to the beginning. You were a USA Today, U.S. Army, and Super Prep All-American coming out of high school in 2003. What made you decide on the U for school? Well, at that time, uh, we had a couple of uh, highlight guys that were coming out and going into the draft. Uh, uh, John Velma and DJ Williams, and, and I seen an opportunity for me to come in as a freshman and play right away. I was the same size as these guys. Uh, athletic ability was, was the same. And speed and, and quickness were the same as well. It was just getting a chance to really get into a system, learning the game, you know, and being able to apply those that knowledge onto the field. And obviously, I didn't really get a, a, a good opportunity to do so. Uh, at the University of Miami, I experienced back and forth with uh, position changes on both sides of the ball, uh, position coaches being fired uh, year in and year out while I was there, and head coaches. So, uh, having an opportunity to play at the University of Miami was definitely a great opportunity, but I really didn't get to see all the way through with the, with the shuffling and the mixing up of coaches and offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, and just position jumping uh, back and forth. Uh, but again, that allowed me to have a, a pretty good, solid year at the University of Louisville, but still, again, I, I ran into those same situations where I was there for the registered year. After my registered year, the guy that brought me in, he got fired, and I'm introduced to a new coach who's, you know, ready to move on and move forward with some of the newer young guys that are there, and then played a, played a, a solid year, and then after that, he got fired and, and left the world, too, so it's, it's been really a, a chess match trying to figure out finding a home and a place in order for me to just, you know, find a system for me to just, you know, play ball and, and be who I am. So after college, you participated in rookie minicamp with the Washington Redskins in 2009. And is that around the time that you got into boxing? That was around the time I got into boxing. After I was released uh, for the Washington Redskins, I went and I played in the IFF, the IAFL. Uh, this was during the time that the uh, Arena Football League was, was uh, dormant. Um, and then after that season was over, I headed back down to Florida and got into uh, to boxing and started boxing out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, or Hollywood, Florida, I should say, out of the Heavenly Factory under uh, Oliver McCall, Michael Moore, Shannon Briggs, or some of the people that I had to tussle with day in and day out for six or seven hours a day sometimes uh, in order for me to make a name in boxing, which brought to life kind of a limit. How well do the football skills and boxing skills relate? I mean, how much can you really bring from one sport to the other? Well, when I was boxing, uh, it allowed me to really hone in on my hand and eye coordination. Uh, at that time, I wasn't really uh, a premier pass rusher. Uh, I, I knew kind of sort of what to do and what angles to go at and things like that. But after boxing, it allowed me to really take my game to another level because the hand and eye coordination thing and really eye to mind coordination thing started to really uh, click for me because my hands were a lot faster. I knew how to control them a lot better. 
to allow me to be a better pass rusher. And then after, you know, being in boxing and, and getting a shot in the AFL with the Orlando Predators, I mean, I had a motor. So with the motor and the, the hand skills that I had picked up from boxing, it allowed me to, you know, springboard myself into uh, what turned out to be uh, an okay year for me, and which led me into getting an opportunity to play in Canada. After your football career is over, do you view yourself, you know, maybe getting back into boxing or MMA or anything like that? Well, my last fight was uh, October the 19th, 2010. I think we're going to leave, uh, leave that part of my life uh, on that day. And that time was a knockout in the fourth round with uh, two minutes and 30 seconds left in that, in that round. So I think my career as a fighter is definitely, uh, definitely over. Uh, I definitely get a lot of a lot of uh, young boxers into my gym that, that are looking to do strength and conditioning, and obviously who would be better to do that than somebody who's you know on both sides of the realm of strength and conditioning and also boxing to fit and structure a program just for them to get better at their sport. So you came back to the AFL with the Orlando Predators in 2010. Then in 2011, as you mentioned, you got the shot in the CFL. Next year, you were with the Detroit Lions for a bit. What did you take away from those experiences? I, I think uh, when I finally got to Canada, I really turned into my own as being a pass rusher. Uh, Randy Neville was my position coach at that time. Uh, before then, he was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and now he's currently with the uh, with FIU Panthers. I believe they are. And uh, he was a great mentor, a great coach for me. And then also the guys that were in front of me, I mean, the experience there in Canada, uh, for those guys alone, reached anywhere from between 35 and 40 years of experience combined uh, with five guys. So it allowed me to really understand how to pass a passer, become a better pass rusher from guys who actually was the, the passer that has been doing it very successfully for the last couple of years. But then I, I was able to bring a different dynamic with boxing to their life and allow them to be grow as a better pass rusher too. So it was a great conglomeration of, of talent and, uh, and opportunity when I was in Canada Coach James 
with a bunch of first year as well. He's a, he's a great man, a great leader. He knows a lot of things that, uh, about the Arena Football League that, uh, that I didn't know being in the league and being a veteran of, of three or four years already. He's taught me a lot. And uh, there's nothing that I would, would, would give for another opportunity to play in Pittsburgh with my teammates, with my brothers, because uh, winning 15 games and, and being part of a, a winning organization, a stand-up organization when it comes to the front office and, and, and things of that nature, uh, was nothing. There's no experience that I've had in football that was like that experience last year. Uh, my teammates were great. My coaches were great. My position coach was amazing. The, uh, the level of communication and uh, camaraderie that we had alone was almost like he was in my mind playing a game with me uh, week in and week out. And I've never had that opportunity ever at any stage in my life when it comes to football. It's something that I've been really looking for since I got out of high school. But that's what kind of relationship that I had with my position coach when I was in high school. And I think that's what it led to my success there. And that's what's going to lead to my success later is just really getting a chance to, to have that, that, that bond with the position coach or in the head coach and everybody around you where where everybody's on the same page and everybody's looking forward, and if you make a mistake, it's, it's, it's not okay, but we're going to make sure that you don't make that mistake again. And that's what kind of football we played here in Pittsburgh last year. We didn't win 15 games because of Ron James, although we won 15 games because we loved each other on and off the field and we took care of the things that we needed to take care of. And if my brother asked me to do something, I was definitely going to do it. Uh, our, our motto and our slogan was, I am my brother's keeper. Yeah, I mean, you guys definitely did have kind of a magical season there in Pittsburgh. Uh, it's unfortunate that uh, the things turned out the way that they did. And is there anything that you want to get off your chest, or anything you want to say to the fans of Pittsburgh? I mean, the mic's yours. Um, you, you know, uh, I think the fans of Pittsburgh understand and appreciate how much we appreciate what they've done for us over the last uh, for the last couple of years. Minus the fact that, you know, I got here this last year with a couple guys that have been around during the whole time that uh, this were time been around, but there's, there hasn't been a better fan base than being in Pittsburgh, and I appreciate every single one of them down to the littlest kid at the age of six who walks in, it walks in, in the arena uh, with a hell of a lightning mask on or even a girl who, who decides to, you know, draw the whole front four or the front five or the front six for the starting defense. Oh, the Pittsburgh Power, that's, that's something special. That's love that you cannot uh, create without, great, without, without a great standing. So I think uh, hopefully moving forward into the 2016 season, we can get a, a new owner in here. If maybe the Hardys, maybe the people who own uh, 84 Lumber or right down the street from the, from the city of Pittsburgh, that would be a great opportunity for them to come in and, and save the day and, and really be a part of uh, a city that loves sleeps and brings uh, football, great football and, and winning football teams with great personalities. Well, hopefully that is the case. I know uh, the league ownership is, is looking for ways to get back into Pittsburgh. Uh, it was such a passionate fan base, and obviously you guys had a lot of success on the field last year. Um, but let's look forward to this year, uh, 2015. You finished up last season pretty banged up. How's your rehab going? Are we going to see Hannibal back on the field here for opening day? Man, it's, uh, it's been an ongoing process. Uh, I'm feeling good. Uh, great staff here that's been taking care of uh, uh, my injuries, and, and we're moving in the right direction. Uh, as far as uh, where I'm going to sign or if I'm going to sign, 
I have no clue. Right now, it's just really focusing on getting healthy and, and trying to figure out a way to get back on the field. And, and, uh, and right now, we're moving in the right direction. I just really have no clue on what colors I'll be wearing next year or if I'll be wearing a jersey or a uniform next year at all. Uh, I would like to be able to have an opportunity to play again. I think that there's uh, a lot more in me when it comes to uh, playing football, loving the game. I've always loved the game. There's nothing more satisfying than being out there and building the, the camaraderie that I built last year with, the, with my teammates for the Pittsburgh Power. And if it ends up being uh, building a legacy with another team and building relationships with another team, then a lot of people of another Pittsburgh linebacker, uh, James Harrison. Is that a, a fair comparison? Obviously, Harrison's had a great career in the NFL, but how do you want people to view you as a player? I don't think I could ask for more vision on how James Bryan is or how Hannibal Lecter is. I think that the way that the fans and the players in the league uh, respect what I do on the field uh, in relation to James Harrison and, and some of the other guys in the NFL, I think I think that's a great comparison. Uh, James Harrison uh, allowed me to 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 continue to play football. I mean, let's let's look at James Harrison's history. He's been on almost six teams and was only 29 when the Steelers first picked him up. Not saying that you know uh, you know next year or, or after the 2015 season that the Steelers are going to pick me up. I'm going to have a great year. I'm going to have an interception on the one-yard line and take it back for 99 yards in the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that is going to happen, but I'm saying that I'm on the path for that to maybe potentially happen because I take pride in, in not only what I do on the field but what I do off the field and how I try to make sure that everybody that I'm on the field with understands what I understand. The reason why we were so successful uh, last year and the reason why I was so successful is that the three guys in front of me, I trusted them to do their job, and they trusted me to do my job. And I think um, we took a lot of ownership in making sure that we weren't getting penalized for dumb stuff, doing reckless things off the field or even on the field. And um, I think James Harrison is the same exact way. I remember watching the Steelers game when he first came back, and uh, Mr. Brown caught a touchdown. He got a penalty. Uh, 
for for the touchdown and the celebration dance, and he comes over and he's you know giving high fives to everybody on the sideline. But that one guy who knows that we didn't need that penalty at that time, and and there's a time and a place for you to you know showboat and, and have a little fun and all that good stuff. But we don't need penalties. And James Harrison was that guy and is that guy for the Steelers right now. So you know I, I've had my fair share of uh, unnecessary roughness penalties on the, on on the quarterback, but. I feel like, you know, I, I'm heading in the right direction and being referred to as, as James Harrison in the AFL is an honor and I'm going to continue to, you know, make people want to know more about James Bryan on the field and off the field. It's the off season right now. What else are you looking to uh, accomplish? How do you spend your time in, in the off season, and what do you do outside of football? Oh, well, right now I've, I've taken on a, a couple of different um, – Endeavors. Um, looked at be, being an owner of my own gym here in Pittsburgh is is a great accomplishment. Uh, I do a lot of charity work. A lot of the fans reach out to me through Facebook, which is amazing. It's a fun thing to do. They reach out. They'll ask me to come to you know a football game and, and talk to their sons and talk to their teams and do do canned good drives and cook drives. And, and whatever it is that the, that the people of Pittsburgh want me to do, I usually do it. I, I enjoy going out into the, into the community, talking to kids, uh, feeding the needy, going to 5 and 10K races and supporting people who might not even know what arena football is, but making sure that they know that, hey, we're here for you, and if you're going to be there for us, then it's only going to make our community stronger. Uh, also took on um, Homeless Children Education Fund, which is located in the Strip District here in Pittsburgh. Um, they have a great staff there, and what they do is they basically provide uh, educational needs for, for children that are experiencing homelessness throughout Allegheny County. Uh, between the ages of 6 and 17, there's over 2,000 kids that are experiencing homelessness in Allegheny County alone. So I've been working with also Dream Cream Ice Cream to raise money for uh, homeless Children Education Fund. I've done uh, backpack packing for back-to-school programs that, as, that the Homeless Children Education Fund donated over 2,000 book bags to 27 homeless shelters throughout Allegheny County to help these kids get jump-started on their 2014 year of, uh, of school. And, and this organization does many other great things to uh, before-school programs, after-school programs, in-the-summer programs, for these children that are experiencing homelessness. And I think that the biggest part that I've wanted to be a part of this organization is because at one point, after being out of college, I was I was considered, you're considered being homeless when you don't have uh, a consistent roof over your head, that, uh, that you're not sleeping on somebody's floor, that you're not sleeping on somebody's couch, that you're not, you know, doing the air mattress things. When you're in those type of situations, you're considered experiencing homelessness. And there's been a lot of times in between leagues and sports and so on and so forth where I've been couch hopping and, and couch surfing and been in and out of different cities and all over the country, you know, trying to find my way, which ends up being home here in Pittsburgh. And, and I want to make sure that these kids in, in the city knows what's going on in the city of Pittsburgh and also know that, you know, just because... I'm not in between the ages of 7 and 17. I've experienced some of the things that they've experienced, probably not on as an uh, extreme level as, as they're experiencing now or have experienced, 
but I've been in that position before, and I want to make sure that my story is heard not only by the people that are experiencing this, but the people that are not experiencing this, so that they can get involved in what's going on in their community and start giving back to what's going on here in Pittsburgh and here in Allegheny County. James, that's awesome. I don't think a lot of people are aware that you're so active in the community, but it's it's great to hear that you are and that you're using your platform as a player to really make a difference outside the game. Absolutely. It's, it's, an, it's a privilege to play football. It's an honor to play in the AFL. Well, James, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, are you on social media? How can fans interact with you? Uh, fans can interact with me on Facebook. My name is James Bryant. I'm on Facebook. I'm not hard to find. It's a picture of me. You won't find Hannibal was my uh, my um, profile picture at one point, but I've changed that. And um, on uh, Instagram at Shape Training, the number four, the letter U, so Shape Training for you, and you can find me there as well. Good deal. Well, all right, James. Thank you so much. Uh, best of luck to you with your rehab, and hopefully we'll see you on the field next season, and uh, we'll catch up with you down the road. Thanks, Walter. Appreciate it. Awesome, awesome stuff there. He's a little like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, but, man, that guy is fun to talk to. He's smart, he's engaging, and he is first class all the way. I mean, I intentionally gave him the floor to say whatever he wanted to about the way things went down with the power. He could have used it for catharsis. He could have vented. He could have used that time to bury people, throw people under the bus, and I'm not going to sit here and say that it wouldn't have been completely justified because I personally believe it would have been. But you know what? He didn't do that. Instead, he used that time to thank the fans of Pittsburgh for their support, and I think that says just about everything you need to know about James Bryant. That's the sort of man he is. And I'll tell you what, that's the sort of guy I want on my team. Yeah, he's a bit of a character on the field, but he's a high-character guy off it. I mean, you heard that, too, with the direction that he took that last question. You know, I knew he was a personal trainer, and I figured that was the answer that I was setting him up for with that question, but I had no idea before that conversation that he was so involved in community service or outreach events. But hey, that's what this show is for, you know? It's not meant to be an audio form of Wikipedia. It's about people. In the end, that's what it's all about. People. And uh, I think we definitely got a good one on the show today. So... I want to once again thank today's guest, James Bryant. Definitely one of the most intense players in the game, but hopefully this conversation gave you a little more insight into, quite literally, the man behind the mask. When I first asked James to be on this program, he let me know that he was going to be a tough act to follow, and that's definitely the case. But, Off the Net is coming back at you next week, and we're going to do our best to top this. So remember... If you enjoyed today's episode and you want to hear more, don't forget to subscribe to Off The Net on iTunes or on SoundCloud. That way you're never going to miss another episode. Also, hey, don't be shy. If you're a fan of the show, give us a rating and review on iTunes. That'll help us out. And if you are not a fan of the show, kindly keep it to yourself. But if you do like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. Tell people about it. Help us spread the word. And as always, if there's somebody you want to hear on the show, let us know. Facebook, Twitter, email, snail mail, whatever your preference, we'll work to make it happen. That's all the time we got for today. Off the Net is back next week. Until then, I'm BJ Picard. Thanks for listening.